So we're in our uh, second week of our conversation series um, where we just sit down and talk to some people about the journey that God has had them on and uh, thus the couches. And I will say at council, uh, when President Stumbo spoke, that uh, they, he, the first thing they did was they brought a, a couch up on the stage and I was like, yes, I did it first. Uh, and it was like, it was a sign from heaven. Um, but today our discussion is gonna be on something that I feel like is not discussed enough in church because it's something that affects so many people that are in church. and. So today, our discussion is going to be centered around depression and suicide, because it's something that we've all been touched by. It's something that we all uh, deal with in our everyday lives, whether personally or, or through family members. Um, 25 million Americans have or some kind of depression. Half of them have enough depression that it severely limits their ability to function um, in, in day-to-day life. And I am absolutely certain that uh, if we would have just, you know, everybody that suffers from some kind of anxiety or depression, uh, if we just said, you know, if that's you, raise your hand, uh, there would be so many hands raised in this building uh, that you would just be completely stunned um, and it's, it's a thing that we don't talk about in church too much because I, I think we're a little bit ashamed of it. I think, uh, you know, we, we have this belief a lot of times that, uh, you know, Christians shouldn't be depressed, that, that, uh, you know, we've got the joy of the Lord in our hearts. So how, how, you know, we, if we say we're depressed, then people will think we're not as good of Christians, um, I think that, uh, you know, for, we, we say, we talk a lot about healing, and I, I completely believe that God can completely heal anxiety, completely heal depression, um, but I know for a lot of people, that's also a journey that God has them on, and so, uh, you know, we, we f- feel like, and, and maybe a lot of times the, the church the Big C Church has kind of preached that that shouldn't be something that you have, and, and we kind of have looked down on that, um, when it really needs to be something that we have a conversation about. Um, it needs to be something that we talk to other people about, because one of the things that you're going to hear over and over and over again in this morning's message, uh, that in the conversation, is that when you're dealing with depression, when you're struggling like that, one of the worst things you can do is isolate yourself. Um, And yet that's what happens more often than not. And so a conversation is huge. And being able to have a conversation with somebody is huge. So we're going to be talking about depression. We're going to be talking about suicide um, because, again, it's on the rise. In the past 16 years, it's, it's risen 31%. I think, you know, we all know someone, a uh, friend, family member who has, has committed suicide. Um, 
And as speaking as one that just had another friend in the past month or so uh, commit suicide, and I, I know some of you are, are friends with, with them too because they used to go to this church. Um, it's just enough, you know. It, we need to be doing better as a church and getting the hope and the light of Jesus Christ into the dark places in people's lives. And... Um, Suicide is it's the 10th leading cause of, of death in the United States. Um, it's second in, in people ages 10 to 34. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to talk about those things a little bit today. And by the way, before we get into the conversation, it was a conversation that came up when we were at Life last week, and it's a question that I think a lot of people have in the church um, but there is, uh, there's a belief that if you commit suicide, it's a one-way ticket to hell, um, that, that there's no coming back from that. Um, and that, that, I think, a lot comes from the Catholic Church. Um, and FYI, we are not Catholic, uh, <laughs> if, if you're confused about that. Um, but I believe that God's grace covers a multitude of sins because that's what the Bible says. Uh, and I believe that, uh, that just because you end your life in a dark place and, and yeah, I, I would say suicide is sinful, but uh, no more sinful than eating crappy food for 50 years when the doctor is saying, don't eat that food anymore. Uh, and you keel over in your Big Mac, um, I, I, think, I think, you know, killing yourself that way is, is just as much of a sin. Um, I think, you know, there, there's, you know, if I'm driving down the road and there's some hot chick in a bikini and I drive over a cliff, I, you know, uh, which I would never do, my, my darling. <laughs> Um, there is no more beautiful woman on this earth than, than you. Um, but I, I, you know, I believe that, that because I have accepted Jesus Christ into my heart, because his blood has covered my sin and I have fully and completely forgiven in him, that my sin has been covered and, and, um, and that if I have a relationship with Jesus, when I die, uh, it, the sin in my, in my life isn't going to send me to hell because I know I have a relationship with Jesus. And I think that holds true uh, for people that, that have committed suicide, um, that if they're a believer in Jesus Christ, if their sins have been forgiven by faith in him and, and his blood and his sacrifice, um, then I believe that that heaven is is just as much a possibility as it is for them as it is for anybody who believes in him. So that's what we're going to be discussing today. Um, and just I wanted to remind you of a couple of the verses that are, are kind of leading us into these discussions. Uh, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, to let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Um, that people that need maybe spurred on the most are the ones that are struggling the most. Um, that not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, again, isolating yourself 
uh, can lead to dark places for a Christian, and encouraging one another all the more as we see the day of Jesus' return approaching. And then 1 Thessalonians 2.8 that because we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And that sharing the gospel is a big part of who we are, but, but people need to know that you love them and you care for them, and they need to know that your journey is a lot like their journey. And so sharing your life with them is a huge thing. And so would you welcome with me uh, some of those that are willing to come and share a little bit of their life and their journey with you this morning? Would you welcome our discussion people, our, our panel? And I believe there's microphones right there. And if, if you guys want to grab a couple of the, the wired mics... Uh, everybody can get comfortable, and there's water there if you want it. So, uh, so everybody on on these couches, uh, myself included, have have dealt with, struggled with depression in one form or another at one point in their life. Um, Many on the couches have uh, have struggled with with suicidal thoughts and um, and have to some degree or another you know thought about it um, and so i 'm very thankful that you guys are courageous and uh, are willing to to love everyone out here enough to to be able to to share a little bit. Um, and so that's kind of where I want to start the conversation off is what would you say to anyone out here, anybody watching online um, that's struggling with depression today? Um, not. Okay, yeah. Yeah, done. Okay. No, not the um, isolate yourself because it, it just makes it worse. Um, just go find somebody, sit with them. You don't have to really talk about what you're experiencing. Just being being there and able to talk with them and it helps. I know that I've I've experienced. It's on. Just saying. Hello, 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 hello. What? Ha! I hear myself. <laughs> um, I know that when I struggled um, with depression. Like, I isolated myself a lot, and I didn't want to do, like, pretty much anything at all uh, except lay in my bed and sleep, um, and that had no benefit to me whatsoever, and so I would say um, when you're isolated, you kind of feel like everyone hates you even though you're the one isolating yourself, um, and just being with someone, a Christian, someone that loves you, someone that... Um, you trust, even if you aren't talking to them about how you're feeling, um, just being there with someone, I think, makes a huge difference. It's definitely being with people. Um, and I know that there were a few times when, when I was really depressed that I would have people just come over and be like, we're going out. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, I'm staying in my bed. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> they, they threatened to take me in my pajamas too. <laughs> but yeah, the biggest thing is, is talk to somebody, a counselor, a pastor, um, any of us up here. Um, I know that, that all of us are willing to just, if you have questions, ask. We'll be honest with you. We, we want our stories to help help you guys and to help other Christians. Um, and even, I know they put Brian's phone number up there. Um, if you have questions during this, text him. Um, you know, and if we don't get to him or whatnot, come talk to us afterwards because being, being informed and knowing what is, what is depression, how do you deal with it, uh, suicidal thoughts, how do you deal with it and stuff, that is the best way to, to turn it around. Um, you, t- you talk, they'll, they'll, they'll fix it. Um, uh, especially to people my age, understand that a lot of adults will try to tell you that the way that you're feeling isn't, like either that you're lying or that it's not valid. Um, I actually heard someone, an adult in the foyer earlier, talking about how our brains are less developed. And I understand that, but do not let anyone tell you that your thoughts and your feelings are invalid because you are younger. If they aren't willing to validate your feelings and listen to you, then you need to go and talk to someone else. There will be people your age and adults that will value you and will listen to you. You just have to seek them out. Do not let people tell you that what you're feeling isn't real. Um, so, so like Bethany mentioned, whether you're here sitting uh, or if you're watching online, if you have a question, um, I will have my phone out. I will not be using my phone. Um, but if you have any questions uh, for anybody up here um, or, or for me, uh, feel free to shoot me a text and we will, uh, as long as they're valid, relevant questions, um, I will be happy to answer them. If you text me and ask me where I'm having lunch, I don't know. So, How are you uh, going to make it up to your wife for the bikini? That, well, that could be. Could be. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll have that discussion. I don't discussion. have my phone, so I can't text it to yeah. you. Uh, so um, next, uh, just a real maybe quick, short uh, version of your story and, and how uh, you got to the place where you were really struggling in, in depression. Um, well, my... Well, make, try to make my shit a little short, but um, in 2016, I was down in a dark hole with, with my depression and everything, with everything I was going through. I got to the point of thinking of the suicide thoughts and where I had everything planned out. And um, it came to a point where somebody came and had a conversation with me, and that was about two days before the, the Sopon concert was going on. And um, I was glad that I went, because if I didn't go that Saturday, I probably would have gone through with my plans. 
No. I'm glad I went on that Saturday. And, and now, Terry, you're originally from Madison, Ohio, which is up on Lake Erie. Um, yes. How, just out of curiosity, how did you end up in Logan? Um, and and uh, did, did you um, struggle with depression before you moved here? Or was it being away from your family more? What you... um, I originally moved down here with my mom because she was sick. And my mom's side of family is from down around this area. So I moved down here to take care of her. And before I knew I really suffered with it, I really don't remember. So I know after her passing is when I really started noticing I was suffering from it, so. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'll try and make it as short as yeah. possible. Um, when I was growing up, so my birth dad is a, well, was, is, I don't know, um, a drug addict and he was physically abusive. Um, I only went to his house on the weekends. Um, and then when I was five, my mom um, met my stepdad, which is the man who raised me. And he was um, several steps better, like above my birth dad, but um, he was an alcoholic and he was emotionally abusive. Um, and so for uh, 15 years of my life, I was told every day that I was fat and ugly and I would never amount to anything. Um, and so that just kind of started my depression journey. Um, so when you're told that multiple times a day for years and years, you don't really have a lot of value. Um, I didn't feel valuable. I didn't feel loved. Um, and when I got to, uh, I don't know, just it beat on me for a really long time, um, to the point where there were three separate instances where I had like a bunch of pills from my mom's cabinet or a knife, um, and I just wanted to end it. Um, what was the point? No one loved me anyway. I had no value. Um, I think it was a God thing that I never went through with it, actually. Um, and then I came to know Jesus, and I feel like he healed me from my suicidal thoughts and, and depression, and then Fast forward, uh, like, however many years, um, two years ago, um, my stepdad, the man who raised me, my dad, um, committed suicide, and so then I got to experience that from that angle, too, um, and I was in a super-duper dark place once again, and I was really angry with God, and we can talk about all of that later, um, but then I was getting thoughts again, and I know it was just Satan because I knew I didn't want to kill myself. I just experienced what that's like. Um, and I would never want to put my family through that again. Um, so then I went to the doctor, and I was put on medication. Um, and also, it's okay to be on medication. You're not crazy. And fast forward to today. Done. Gotcha. <laughs> um... I've always had problems with anxiety. Uh, when we moved here <coughs> 11 years ago, 
Um, I had, I had, was not on medication. Um, I had people say that they thought that I was really mean, but it was really more like I was just trying to keep it together. Um, uh, now, uh, I <coughs> have been on medication for years and I'll joke and people be like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, I'm medicated. <laughs> That's how you do it. Um, but, uh, but three years ago, God called Brian and I to uh, give a home to four girls. And in doing that, we then entered a fight for two years um, for one of the girls, for Alyssa. And um, last spring, uh, we started seeing the writing on the wall and that they weren't going to let us keep her, that they were going to put her back with her bio dad, which we were like, that is so bad for her. Um, but during that time, I, I was seriously depressed because, I mean, we're talking, I was losing a child. I lost a child. And um, I was grieving. I was depressed. I was in a horrible place. And I, I don't know, there were several times where um, if I were alone, especially in, in the vehicle driving or whatnot, I'd be like, oh, there's a tree. Maybe I should just drive into it. And this fight will be over and I'll be done. Um, you know, or, or oh, if I, if I go into that guardrail that, you know, that might injure me just enough to, to hold off the judge making a decision uh, on whether or not to to uh, send her back. And, um, you know, five minutes after I would have those thoughts, though, I'd be like, hold on. No, that's not right. That's not, that's not the way it is. And I know the scriptures say, and I know when Shirley was here, uh, there was that Beth Moore study of take every thought captive. And, um, and so that I would try to do that and, and hold on to that and just pray that, you know, okay, God, I didn't want to have that thought. I'm not going to do that. Just please give me the strength to keep going through this. Hi. <laughs> um, when I, I was born to an addict and a drug dealer, same person, by the way, that's my dad. And um, he was physically abusive and one of the men that he brought into our house was um, sexually abusive. And then when I got to about sixth grade, I started harming myself. And then when I got to high school, I started abusing pills. Um, the first time I overdosed, I was in the hallway and I saw some, and this is how our high school is, I saw some girl like handing a bag of pills to a boy and I just went up to her and I asked her if I could have some and I handed her like five dollars. And I still to this day have no idea what she gave me, but about an hour later I was in the upstairs bathroom like puking my guts out. Don't tell Robbie Rimmage. <laughs> um, and then about six months ago, I went to juvenile detention for running away. And now I live with Brian and Bethany, and I still have 
situational anxiety and PTSD and all the other fun stuff. All right, so that kind of gives you a, just a idea of where everybody's at. Um, by the way, it, it was asked, so I'm, I'm um, letting you know. This is Terry Davis. Um, this is Victoria Martin. This is Bethany Neville, and this is Kaylin Parnell. Um, if if you don't know them, get to know them. They're worth getting to know. Um, I like it took eight years. What you do with that after after you meet them, that is on you. But uh, but you should you should at least meet them. Um, um, so uh, so you've all dealt with uh, a depression in in some form or another. Um, I've I've. Uh, dealt with it, been dealing with it. We uh, we lost uh, another daughter um, in in the spring, um, and that's and so it's been. But tough. you got one. I but I but I got one. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah. So that's it's um, it's been a, a struggle for the whole family. But um, but you know we've been saying that. Um, such a big part is when you're dealing with um, when you're dealing with depression, it, talking to somebody, um, and specifically talking to somebody uh, that can share the the love of Christ with you and and and, and encourage you that way. Um, who was it? Who was it that you talked to? Um, who was it that you confided in? Um, who was it that, that helped or has helped pull you along? Um, with me, I had um, a couple of people in my life. I was able to confide in and have them help me along. Um, one of them is Matt Miller, another one's Fran. I know they've been there and able to help me. I know they've seen a dark side of me that not too many people have seen. And um, I know they're still there today to help me through anything that I might need help with. Um, when I was a teenager and I was going through it, I didn't really talk to anyone. Actually, my mom didn't even know that I like wanted to kill myself till I was like in my 20s. And then she was really mad about it, but it didn't happen, so we're okay. Um, <clears throat> but I think now that I'm like comfortable talking about it, and once I was comfortable... Um, at first, talking about it, I talked to my sister, Jessie. She's, like, the only person in the whole world that I really, truly trust. Um, but also, when dealing with all the stuff with my dad, um, being part of the praise team is awesome, not just because we get to lead you guys in worship every day, but because we're a family. And I don't know how many times, like, we have this app, and I put prayer requests all the time, like, guys, my life's falling apart again. Um, and they're just so supportive, um, and we really are just a family, and I can talk to them about anything, so that's cool. And then you also, um, when when you uh, lost your dad, uh, got into a grief share group. Oh, and, grief share, man. Uh, I can't say enough good things about that. Um, I probably would have quit church had I not gone there. <laughs> 
that's just how um, dark of a place I was in. Um, and it was really cool because our specific group, um, and this is a God thing, there were two other people that had dealt with suicide. One was a mother who lost their son, and one was a daughter who also lost her father. Um, he was older in age than, than our dad was. Um, but going there once a week, having a meal, fellowshipping with people, learning how to um, deal with grief and to recover in a biblical way, um, and, how, and, I, and I grew closer to, in my relationship with Jesus through um, going to that group as well. So it's fantastic. Um, just al- along the, those notes, uh, just talking to, I wanted to just say, make sure that, you know, talk to somebody. Um, it, there's nothing wrong with going to a counselor. Um, there is nothing wrong with going to some kind of grief share. Um, those, there's nothing wrong with going to a pastor. Uh, you know, John and I or, or um, whoever, go to somebody, talk to somebody. Um, Jim Kemper, ever the, the, uh, the human resources guy, uh, wanted me to remind you all that um, a lot of your, your, the places where you work um, offer uh, counseling and offer um, ways for you to get, get help. Um, even through your workplace that sometimes it's even paid for. Um, so, so check that out as well. Um, for me, I actually didn't know what was happening. I didn't know that I was suffering from depression or, or anything. Um, it didn't hit me until uh, I noticed that I was overspending Um, my way of dealing with stress and stuff is to shop and uh, did not realize what how bad it was until um, I I actually almost caused us to lose our home Um, and at that point I realized how bad it was and I got myself into counseling and um, Katrina Hubbard fabulous She's a great counselor. You need her number. I can provide it. Um, But between (coughs) Katrina and um, Donna and April, uh, they were were, uh, there for me. And as soon as I started to notice that I was having problems and stuff, I was immediately texting them and, and stuff. And you just, you can't, I can't express enough that you need to have someone to tell. You have to talk. And uh, along those things too, just as we're talking about uh, depression and suicide, um, I I, just doing some research for for this, uh, I found it interesting that the suicide rate is highest in uh, women in their like 40s and 50s, um, and for men, 65 and older. Um, and so uh, we know that that's a problem. The teen suicide rate is just skyrocketing. Um, and so all that to say, 
that nobody here is beyond an age where it doesn't affect you. Um, that it needs to be something that you need to be watching for and, and vigilant about and asking yourself, you know, where are these thoughts coming from? Uh, that Because it doesn't matter how old you are, uh, depression, suicide, those things can creep up on you. Um, and and you just need to, to be aware of that. You can't think, well, I'm 75 years old, it's not gonna be a struggle for me, or I'm 15 years old, it's not gonna be a struggle for me. Um. In something else though, kind of along those lines is, you know, sometimes people will notice the signs of, of depression or whatnot, and, but like in, in Brian, in my case, we lost a daughter last year, which caused me to spiral. But I actually had somebody ask me, you know, what could somebody say to you that would have helped you? And I honestly, I don't know that there was anything anybody could say, but just knowing that people were there and available and willing. Um, and I know we went through it a second time because God thinks we're that strong. <laughs> Um, you know, a year later. I think it's because we're, we're God, because when we're weak, He's strong, and He's like, let's just make, let's. I'm just going to be strong all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's throw the Nevels for another yeah. loop. Um, but we went through it again. We lost another daughter a year later. But this time, I feel we came through it better because we had we had more people with us and understanding with us. I don't know, maybe you did. I don't know if I did or not, but uh I had April and Donna. Yeah, well. I know, I know, I know, yeah. I, um all right. And so uh so Caitlin, who 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 are your people that you, you talk to? He just wants me to be like him. Yeah. No. No, you don't even have to mention me. I know you talk to me all the time. Um, my freshman year, I went to Young Life Camp. And if you don't know what Young Life it is, it's a youth group run by college students. We actually meet at our house during the school year now. Um, and my, one of my leaders was Alex Milkey. She's been here a couple times. Right now, she's on a mission trip in Turkey, but... She spent a lot of time with me individually to make sure that I knew who God was and what he was doing for me and that individual attention that she just cared about me um, helped a lot. And then when I got to know Brian and Bethany, that was obviously very helpful. They pay for my meals, which is nice. (laughs) But she's also an advertisement for what being involved in either the children's ministries or the youth ministries, you are pouring into teenagers because these guys are facing stuff that none of us did. And I am so glad I'm not a teenager right now because there is so much out there that can affect them. So as an advertisement, we can use your help in those areas. We need volunteers. See me, see Katie. 
Commercial. No. I'm Orange really arm. glad that you said that. That was like when you said that. I like a, like in my head, I can, can I jumped I up something? off the couch and was like, yeah. But um, can I say something? Yes. Okay. Cool. I was going to anyway. I knew it. <laughs> I had no <noticed>. doubt. <laughs> when I was growing up, I come from a broken home. My dad um, was an alcoholic and a drug addict and physically abusive. He had child pornography issues and, and went to jail. Then my mom remarried to my stepdad, who is an alcoholic and emotionally abusive. And... I hated my childhood. I absolutely hated it. Um, that was not the normal when I was growing up. All of my friends had happy families. Their moms and dads are still married and, and all of this stuff. But I can tell you, working in children's ministry, that very much is the normal right now. And I wouldn't take back my childhood for anything because I can relate to the kids that we have now on a more personal level than a lot of the other um, adult leaders can. Um, and if I have to go through dumb crap like that again to help a kid to know Jesus and to know what love really is, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. One thing I want to say is do not go into a field where you have to deal with teenagers if you do not care about them as individuals. You cannot be a teacher and not care about your students. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. I Well, and I think that's... That's one of the main points that, that we really need, that I want to make, is that, that loving people um, is going to make all the difference in the world, and people can absolutely tell when you're just trying to be nice or just trying to, like, you know, you know kind of do the right thing and say the nice thing. Um, versus you loving them and being invested in them and caring for them and and continuing to follow up with them um, and let them know that you care. You can't tell somebody that you care enough, um, especially when it comes to people struggling uh, with any kind of depression, but, I mean, just anybody at all. Uh, you can't tell your kids that you love them enough. You can't tell your spouse that you love them enough. Um, make sure that uh, if you, you know, invest in people, um, invest the love of Christ into people, it, it'll make all the difference in their life. Uh, and it'll, it'll change the outcome of their life. Brian Bethany says she loves you. Oh, that's nice. Um, now, I... I uh, I know some of you more than others, so the ones that have, have dealt with it more can answer. Um, but I know some of you have, have dealt with being angry at God. And I think, I think you know, we need to hear that side of things, too, because um, a lot of Christians kind of struggle with being angry at God um, for, for their situation. So how do you, how do you deal with that? I know the year before we lost Alyssa, we were at council. Yes, that was the right year. Um, we were at council, and I actually had somebody come up to me and, and, sit and tell me, just out of the blue, they were like, God says he's got this, whatever you're going through, 
you're gonna, you know, you guys are gonna be all right, it's all gonna be okay. And I clung to that. And then the next year, we lost Alyssa, and I was, I literally was just like, hang on, you said last year that it was gonna be okay. And I was so angry. I was so angry, and, and I spent a lot of time just yelling at God. And I know that that sounds wrong and stuff, but if our relationship with God is like the relationship that we have with a parent or a spouse, there are times that I'm so angry, Brian just lets me vent. He knows I'm not yelling at him, but I just need to get it out. And that's the way that God is. And when I was going through it, I kept, I was actually really enjoying the Psalms, especially the ones where David was just like railing at God. I was like, yes, give it to him. Um, But those just really spoke to me because they were where I was at. And I know Jeremiah, he, he yelled at God, and so did Job, and, and I just kept going through and going, okay, it's all right for me to be mad at him. I mean, if these great prophets and stuff from the Bible were yelling at God and it's in the Bible, then it's okay for me to be this angry too. So it took, like, a long time for me to get over, like, my depression and stuff like that. And um, I feel like God healed me from that. So then fast forward to being an adult to like two years ago, um, my stepdad committed suicide, which is ironic because he's always like, that's a coward's way out. Just man up and face your problems. Um, Good job. I was so stinking ticked off with God. It wasn't even funny. I was so mad at him that listening to worship music literally made my blood boil and caused me physical illness. Um, I went from sitting in the front seat of church to all the way in the back, not listening to anything Brian says. I'm really sorry. That's okay. There's plenty of people who do that. (laughs) Um, And it was to the point where I felt like I was in a darker place than I was when I wanted to kill myself, which is hard to imagine. Um, I, I remember laying face down on the floor in my room, sobbing, and then just yelling in my heart to God, like, why would you do this to me again? Like, I went through all of that junk as a, as a kid, growing up my whole life, just getting beat on and beat on and beat on all the time. Why do I need this too? And I was so mad. Um, and it's okay to be mad at God, and it's okay to express your anger to God. It's not a sin. Now, if you're cursing God, that's not, that's, that's a sin. But if you're just having a conversation and you're just telling God, like, this is how I feel. And I was at that mix of like, I'm yelling at God, but God hugged me at the same time. And I don't know. It was like just the weirdest feeling. Um, but it's okay to be mad at God and it's okay to express your feelings to him. Um, But one of the cool things that I learned through that experience, no matter how mad you are at God, no matter how many times you yell at him and and stuff, he never goes anywhere. He is right there taking your punches the whole time and just trying to hold you through all of it. Um, And that I think 
that was one of the best things I could have ever experienced was no matter how mad I was with him, he was still right there gripping me as tight as he could. So. Um, no, I was a little mad at him, but at the same time I had, of course, a lot of questions. Knowing that he was there to talk to and and stuff, it helps. So uh, this will, I think, be my my last question. Um, but uh, I I I just wanted to ask. Um, you know, may, maybe you're not fully out of it, maybe you're in it, maybe, but uh, how, how, how does God give you hope every day for you? What, where, do you where do you find your hope at? Um, with me, yeah, I still deal with the depression and anxiety, but knowing, having the hope that there is a purpose why I'm going through it, why am I, journey, why am I still going through my journey with it? Um, I think it just allows me to give somebody else hope that you'd be able to get through it yourself and that you're not alone in it. I think the thing that gives me the most hope is um, I spent my whole childhood not feeling very loved. And God has just given me an abundance of people in this church and just some friends. And I have never felt so much love in my life than I do with the family and the friends and the church family that God has given me. Um, so yeah, just knowing that I can come to church and I feel more at home at church than I do anywhere else. Um, that's why I'm, like, sitting on the couch with a pillow, shoes off. <laughs> um, just knowing that no matter where I go, God has given me a sea of people that have my back. And um, I don't know, just it's nice to know that I'm loved when I didn't feel that for many, many years. So that gives me hope that I have the love and I can go to a lot of people. Um, one thing that I've been realizing is bad things never stop happening. There will always be hardships in your life. Um, the day before yesterday, actually, my grandpa was in a really bad accident and he was life flighted to the hospital and he's um, still in very critical condition. So side note, please pray for him. But um, I understand that bad things like that will always happen because that's just a part of being alive and being a human being. But one thing that helps me get through it so much better than I used to is knowing that God is always right there. Like, no matter how this comes out, I know that my grandfather is a good Christian man and if it's his time to go home, it's his time to go home, and that's okay, because I know 
and God will be there for him, and God will be there for me. So I think it's just comforting to know that he'll always be there, even though bad things will always happen. The cool thing about God is that bad things happen all the time, but he makes good come out of the bad. Uh, my whole childhood was bad, but I can relate to kids and in the church and at like VBS and, and stuff like that that are going through the same thing, and that's pretty good. Dealing with the grief of my dad killing himself, that was really bad. That was pretty much the worst. But God used that, and I refused to accept that, um, his death, unless God made something good happen at, out of it. And I spoke at youth group about suicide and depression and, and stuff like that, and I had kids at the altar and a girl that gave her life to Jesus that night and that was good God takes bad and makes good things come out of it I feel like that's a song or something I think it is Aaron is that a song I think the things that I cling to is that even in the darkest moments when I yell at God and stuff. It's actually when I feel him closest. Um, and I know that sounds like the Christian thing to say, you know. Um, but for all the anxiety and the depression and everything that I have been through and losing children and, and everything... You know, I know some people are probably like, why is she the pastor's wife? Why did we hire him if his wife is so screwed up? She's crazy. She's crazy. 100% I am. Um, I took in four more kids. Uh, but I have noticed, especially over the last year, I am able to talk to people more because I understand what they are going through, what they have gone through. And when they hear that that's what I've experienced and stuff, like, I feel like I have more personal relationships with, like, probably three quarters of you than I would have without going through any of that. And if that helps anybody to grow in their relationship with Christ or it introduces them to the love of Christ, then by golly, I'll go through it all again. And I don't say that lightly. I mean that very, very much. That, you know, because that is the ultimate goal in, in all of this. And I know it's the one thing that when we took the girls in and stuff that I, I prayed, you know, spirit lead me. You know, where my trust is without borders. And, and he's taken me there. So if I, if I asked for that, you know, I need to be willing to do it. And so um, I, I guess that's where it all leads for me. One last question that came in um, is... For someone that, uh, hold on, 
for someone who doesn't have many friends, who doesn't really like people that much, um, how do you how do you get them? How how do you how do you get out? How do you get them out? Honestly, whoever this is, that is the depression talking. Hundred percent. I don't know. I don't really like people. <laughs> okay. My sister hates people, so you guys can hate people together, yeah, and then it'll be great. But. That, there's a slogan for the church. <laughs> Antioch Alliance Church, hate people together. I think we'll, we'll keep working on it. But you have, even if you don't have a lot of friends, you have at least one. Um, you know, seek that person out, or like we've said, come talk to any of us. We'll be your friend. Not a problem. Uh, you know, we'll hook up with you. Um, but I also can't stress enough, there are so many uh, resources out there for people who suffer from, from depression and suicide and stuff. And uh, one thing, because I have it with me, because um, I just started reading this and I love it, um, it's by Sheila Walsh, it's called It's Okay Not To Be Okay. And she actually went through a lot of depression and stuff like that and this book is it's a Christian book and it's I'm loving it and in fact I have some copies here and if I run out um, we will order more but this is definitely a book that if you struggle with this kind of thing you need to be reading it um, for, for someone that's like that one lovely thing that we have not always great, but is phones. So if you're not really comfortable with talking to people in person or talking to new people, like you can just text them and if it doesn't work out, you never have to look them in the face. <laughs> so that's great. But if it does work out, then you can talk to them and see them all the time. Like you guys can slide into my friendship DMs wherever. And if things don't go well, you can just block me, and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's also Messenger. Um, and oh, Kaylin, just sort of a follow-up to that, because I, I know, uh, well, and or Bethany, but, but coming more from a teenager uh, that gets peopled out, um, that can get, uh, that being around, how, like, what do you do to get around and be with people even though a lot of times you don't want to. I'm like a scared little chihuahua. You won't see me in here during worship because it's too much for me. I'm probably in the foyer shaking a little bit. Um, what I do is I try to stay close to people I'm comfortable with or know that they're just in the vicinity. Like if I know Brian's right around the corner, I'm more okay than I would be if like I was just here by myself around a lot of people I didn't know. So it's, it's good to know, like understand where you're at and who's around and make sure you have people that you trust with you. But also understand that, especially in a place like church, 
it's okay to meet new people and talk to other people and go outside of your comfort zone. And a lot of the people that you talk to, surprisingly, have other friends. And you can talk to them too. Yeah. I, I, I think just if you're, if you're struggling with friends, if you're struggling with getting out, um, I, think, I think maybe the first thing to do, and I think anybody would say this, is don't get overwhelmed with a bunch of people. Just start with one. Find one person that you can confide in, talk to, go somewhere with. I don't really like going places, but or they can come you to your are, house and you watch can come Netflix. to my house, and we can watch Netflix together because that's my life. I go. like cop shows. I don't ever have people be like, like. <laughs> I don't know if my parents will let me go there. Like I'm with our pastor. <laughs> yeah. I do yeah. it all the time, and they kept. Um, they'll keep you too. So, yeah, yeah. Bring your children. Go to Brian and Bethany's. They'll keep uh, you. I, I do get peopled out, and like on the Sunday morning, like I'll go home and I will disappear into my room because I just need to to gather myself back. But I was also going to suggest medication. Well, um, yeah. Um, but seriously, though. Um, some of some of what you're feeling could be helped by medication, and you know I'm a firm believer that God put gave doctors that kind of wisdom and stuff, and so take advantage of it. If it helps you, great. For sure, you should have been at my doctor's appointment. I brought my sister, and she was like, "Oh, she's depressed." She needs some medication. Yeah. <laughs> she she won't even come to my house and eat dinner. She's stuck yeah. in her house all the time. Like, yeah, I I think I think, um, yeah, that I mean obviously God heals, and God can heal. But I think a lot of times, you know, God heals through medicine too. If I have a headache, I'm gonna take an ibuprofen. I'm not gonna be like, well, I shouldn't have a headache because. God, yeah, because I'm a Christian and God can heal me. I, I truly believe that. I'll pray that God takes away my headache, but I'll also take, I'll take Tylenol. So, um, so, uh, sorry. Oh, okay. Well, we. Just, I think one thing that people who don't suffer with mental illness don't understand is that it can genuinely be debilitating. Like, it can affect your everyday life. And sometimes you do have to take medication for that because just to live like a normal person. And it's not fun, but it doesn't mean that you're any less of a person or you're crazy. It's just an aid so that you can live your life the way God intended for you to. Yeah. Um, that's a good word. Um, I, I would say... Um, just if you're struggling with things like um, feeling helpless, if you're struggling with things like being angry a lot, if you're struggling with just feeling tired all the time or feeling like y you can't sleep, um, if you struggle with um, having a hard time eating or... Uh, you know, not eating much or eating just eating, you know, trash compactor. Um, 
I lean more towards that way, but that's me. Um, Those are some of the symptoms. Be aware of what the symptoms are. Um, If you notice that your life is changing in some way, in a drastic way, talk to somebody. Um, Talk to one person. Um, Talk to Jesus. If you notice someone and you think that maybe they're dealing with depression, be gentle about it. Don't just be like, oh, you're depressed, because that does not work. It does not. Been there. Yeah, if if someone you know is struggling with depression, maybe don't just go straight in and be like, hey, depression boy, get over it. Um, (laughs) insert Insert yourself into their life. Don't talk... You don't have to talk to them about their depression right away. Just talk to them, love them, be in their life, um, be a friend, check up on them. You never have to have a conversation about depression. I think just being there for them is one of the biggest things we can do. This South Jamie reminded me, Southeast Ohio has one of the largest depression uh, per capita in Ohio um, we live in a dark place, but we have the light of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be the people that are shining that light into, into the people around us. Uh, they need it desperately. They're desperate for it. And you have no idea what having a conversation, what giving a little bit of encouragement, what loving somebody like Jesus will do in a life and that's what we're called to do, and that's what we're called to be, is people that go and take the light of Jesus into a dark world. And uh, I thank you guys for being that a little bit today and sharing your light um, and the light that Jesus gave in your darkness. Um, so thank you for that. If you give them a, a, a thank you, a round of applause, and uh, I'm going to have Aaron come. And we're going to close with with one worship song um, because I want to give you the opportunity that if you are struggling, um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this a little bit different. Uh, If you guys would maybe go and be in the back of the sanctuary um, or in the hallway out in the foyer, uh, if you are struggling, if you need somebody to talk to, Um, they will be in the back, uh, so you don't feel like you have to come to the altar and get all nervous and and worried about that. Just, uh, if you want to come to the altar, I'll I'll be here and I can pray with you, but if you just want to talk to somebody, if you need somebody to pray with you that understands what you're going through, um, they will be in the back and they will love to be there for you. So, uh, thanks again for, for the guests. Let's stand and worship together.